Good morning. From the newsroom of the Financial Times, today is Tuesday, March 19th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today, it looks like Prime Minister Theresa May's Brexit deal won't get another vote this week. 2019 is turning out to be the year for consolidation in the fintech industry, and U.S. farmers are being cut out of the Japanese market. Then, the FT's Shannon Bond explains how ride-hailing company Lyft plans to pitch investors before its upcoming IPO. I'm Eric Krupke, and here's the news you need to start your day. I'm Henry Mance. I'm a political correspondent for the FT in Westminster. And Monday was shaping up to be a pretty quiet day in British politics. But actually, British politics doesn't have many quiet days. In the middle of the afternoon, unexpected, the Speaker of the House of Commons made an announcement. What the government cannot legitimately do is to resubmit to the House the same proposition which was rejected by 149 votes. Theresa May is gathering some momentum for her Brexit deal. She may not quite have a majority, but she may have one soon. She'll need to really make it very different from the deal that MPs rejected last week in order just to to clear the first hurdle of getting it in front of Parliament. She's also got the practicality of what would bring people on board. And many of the people who reject her deal at the moment are her own MPs. And what they're telling her is they want her to quit. And that's because they feel the last two to three years have been so painful. So what she said is that she won't fight the next general election. Well, that's not due until 2022. So it's kind of assumed that she might go within the next couple of years, for example, but that is still far too long for some Tory Eurosceptics. It looks unlikely now that we'll have another vote on the Brexit deal this week. It means that perhaps the next big moment is when Theresa May goes to the European Council meeting on Thursday and they discuss what kind of delay there is to Brexit. And then they may try again to get the deal through Parliament with some kind of change and they've got to work out what would satisfy the Speaker. U.S. farm groups are ramping up pressure on President Donald Trump to quickly launch trade talks with Tokyo. They're losing out on sales and market share in Japan more than two years after the U.S. withdrew from the Trans-Pacific Partnership. That partnership, known as TPP, is a trade pact among 11 Pacific nations, including Japan. Mr. Trump withdrew the U.S. from that pact on his first working day as president. Great thing for the American worker, what we just did. But in recent weeks, U.S. wheat, pork, and beef producers have complained they're being replaced in lucrative Japanese markets by rivals such as Canada, Australia, and EU member states. Those countries' trade deals with Japan only took effect within the past few months. One example, a spokesperson for the U.S. Pork Producers Council said that U.S. pork exports to Japan dropped 35% in volume so far this year. Farmers and ranchers have already suffered because of the ongoing U.S.-China trade war. Farm Belt politicians from Mr. Trump's own Republican Party are restless about the latest trade talks with Japan. The U.S. administration has vowed to accelerate their talks with Japan on trade. And 2019 is turning out to be the year for consolidation in the fintech industry, and in particular, in the payment sector. On Monday, Florida-based financial tech specialist Fidelity National Information Services said it would buy a payment processing company, WorldPay. It's the biggest financial services takeover since the recession, a deal worth $43 billion. WorldPay was carved out of Royal Bank of Scotland in the aftermath of the financial crisis. Then, it was a small part of a minor unit with out-of-date technology, and RBS largely ignored it. The shift in dealmaking is being fueled by a boom in e-commerce and digital payments. 
The World Pay deal comes just two months after rivals Fiserv and First Data agreed to their own $39 billion combination. That means 2019 has already become the third successive year to see a record amount of dealmaking in the payments industry. Since the start of the year, 30 deals worth a total of $85 billion have been announced. That's compared with $49 billion for all of 2018. Analysts say they expect the trend to continue. And here's a closer look at one of today's big stories. The ride-hailing company Lyft is hitting the road to pitch the biggest U.S. technology listing in two years. Lyft is looking to raise up to $2.1 billion with the listing, at a valuation of almost $23 billion. It'll start trading on the Nasdaq exchange later this month. The FT San Francisco correspondent Shannon Bond explains how Lyft expects to get investors on board. Lyft will spend the next about two weeks on the road meeting with investors, mainly big institutions like hedge funds and mutual funds, and they're trying to convince them to buy their stock in this initial public offering. And so the pitch that we understand Lyft will make is really focused on growth. The metrics they are pointing to and really going to highlight are their acceleration in the riders and the number of people actually you know, getting a ride in a Lyft car or taking a scooter and in revenue per rider. And they argue that shows their potential. It shows they've been growing and there's more opportunity to grow as the market grows. And then they're also going to emphasize that their expenses have come down as a percentage of revenue. But of course, the underlying trend there is it is still getting more expensive for them. Their overall costs are increasing. And we can't forget they're still losing a lot of money. So it's a bit of a a delicate balance for Lyft to, to convince investors to really focus on that top line growth and the potential there rather than how far they might be from profitability. What are some of the biggest takeaways from Monday's filing? I think obviously the the overall, the big headline are the numbers. Um, They're looking to raise up to $2 billion that will be used to further expand their business and try to gain more market share and expand into new markets. And that they're going for for this valuation that at the upper end could be something like $23 billion. Now that would make it one of the biggest U.S. listings in a couple of years. We had Snap back in 2017, but it's really been a dry period for big tech initial public offerings. And there's been a lot of anticipation about Lyft and, and companies like Uber and Pinterest and Airbnb and when they're going to get to market and how big they'll go. And so this will spark a lot of excitement about that. How are investors reacting to the valuation? It's pretty early, um, but we've seen some positive indications. I I spoke with an investor um, who's actually already an investor in Uber, but he's really interested in Lyft. He said he felt like it it was in the right range. And that it seems about kind of where the company we've been hearing the company was talking about. And if you look a bit at comparisons to other publicly traded companies, one of the comparisons people often point to is Grubhub, which is a food delivery company, not exactly the same business as Lyft. But they, on on a forward revenue basis, it's about the same multiple in terms of their valuation. So does this valuation give us any indication of what we can expect from other big Silicon Valley tech IPOs later this year? I think definitely the most direct one is Uber. So Lyft operates its ride-hailing service just in the U.S. and Canada, whereas Uber operates in the U.S. and Canada and is larger than Lyft and then has a whole span of global ride-hailing businesses in, in Europe and Asia and South America. And then it also has food delivery. It has freight booking. Um, and it had stakes in some of the other really big ride-hailing companies in 
countries where it doesn't directly operate. So it has stakes in, in Didi in China, for example. And so, you know, if you want to do sort of a sum of the parts, if you say, okay, if Lyft is worth about $23 billion, you start adding that on and it, and it kind of easily or starts easily gets to the point um, where Uber could be worth upwards of $100 billion, which is what we've heard that they may be targeting their valuation at. So, you know, I think that there, people will be really looking to see if this does perform that well as a baseline for Uber. And then I think just in general for appetite for these other tech companies that are in the pipeline, there's been so much anticipation as these companies have gotten really big in the private markets and raised a lot of private capital. Now, for the first time, public investors will have a chance to invest. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, we'll be following U.S. President Trump as he meets with Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro. It's Mr. Bolsonaro's first presidential visit to the U.S. And parcel delivery company FedEx is reporting earnings today. The company is seen as a global economic bellwether and is expected to miss analyst expectations because of a slowdown in global trade. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for all the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.